0: Support for To The Point comes from Bausch & Lomb.
1: Beautiful and healthy looking eyes, it shouldn't be a compromise. Lumify Eye Illuminations, developed by the experts at Bausch & Lomb exclusively for the sensitive eye area. To cleanse, nourish, and brighten. Lumify Eye Illuminations, only in the eye care aisle. Ocular
2: Surface Disease. It's complex, chronic, and progressive, but rife with opportunity for the enterprising optometrist.
0: The mission of this podcast is to make this condition more understandable and accessible to those interested in specializing in it. So let's get to the point. Hello, and welcome to another episode of the To The Point Podcast. My name is Jackie Garlick, and I am joined by my co-host, Leslie O'Dell, and we have a very special guest with us today. You have probably heard of this person if you are treating dry eye, and if you have ever heard of the Oculus Crystal Tear Report, you've heard of her. We have Dr. Crystal Brimer with us today, and before we actually started recording, Crystal and Leslie and I were talking about Crystal's background and her history, and I have this whole bio I was going to read about her, but... Crystal is probably better at explaining her actual history. She has so many accolades. Having an actual dry eye report named after her is one of them, but also she is the founder of the Dry Eye Institute, which educates doctors and their staff on how to start a dry eye clinic and implement these dry eye technologies within their office. So please welcome Dr. Crystal Breimer. Hello, Crystal. Please tell us about yourself.
3: Thanks so much for having me. It's an honor and a pleasure, and you guys are so much fun to be with, um, recorded or not. (laughs) But my background, uh, kind of this go around, I had sold a practice and had a non-compete, started doing more on the just clinical trial side and uh, filling in, things like that. Opened my new practice, and this was back in 2015, and decided that I was going in all in dry eye. So I got what I needed to do that. At the time, I'd already been recruited to develop the dry eye protocol for vision Source, So I just had my head buried in the sand. I wasn't expecting much of the practice. All I cared about was the outcomes and the if this, then that, if this, then that. So about halfway through this year, I contacted Oculus and I said, man, this is an amazing piece of hardware, the, the Oculus 5M keratograph Can I help you with the software? And we spent you know, months and months and years eventually developing a better platform for it in the crystal tear report. And, and that was exciting. Uh, it was the first time I really created something. And, and my passion was to make it easier for doctors to be able to implement Well, doctors bought it, but fast forward a year and I realized that they were not implementing it because even though it was an incredible device, there's too many other moving parts and too many people waiting in the waiting room. right? And so that kind of broke my heart because this was my baby. So this was the birth of Dry Eye Institute. So in 2018, I spent about six months just developing the the. The foundation of it, the fundamentals, and said, okay, why are we all trying to recreate the wheel and start from scratch? It's not necessary. Let me get these fundamentals down and then we tweak it for each environment. And so the Dry Eye Institute was born in February of 2018. And the passion around that is really just inspiring doctors and equipping them and empowering them to be able to go home and make it happen quicker and make it happen better than what they would have done um, on their own as far as struggling through to put all the pieces together. So fast forward a little bit beyond that, and basically you know, I, that even that first year, I looked back and said, my gosh, I wasn't paying attention to the practice, but we had 29 doctors referring to us at the end of the first year, and we were doing phenomenally well. And I realized it was because we were focused on those outcomes. Um, ultimately it took over the practice. I couldn't find room for primary care anymore. And so I took out the optical, did all dry eye. This was, um, this is my third year of doing that. And we have grown every year. This year we grew over 40% and it is 100% dry eye. I said I did seven refractions last year when I looked at my report, but ultimately I feel like I found that place because my passion and and drive is about getting that outcome for the patient, but it's about inspiring doctors because I know what it felt like to be burned out and to want to just walk away. And I know how dramatically different it feels now. So that was way too much of a background. You should have just read the bio, but I'm sorry. No, this is
1: exactly why we asked you to join us, um, Crystal, because so, you know, Jackie and I have discussed dry eye, you know, from kind of, you know, just the ground up, I guess. you, What kind of equipment do you need? How do you look for it? You know, basically it is in your patients. You just have to look for it, right? Kind yeah. of coaching doctors along there. But um, we were looking at this year and thinking, you know, kind of of like a reset or a refresh and you were the first one to come to mind because I know with your dry eye institute you get to speak to a lot of doctors across the country and I know just from speaking to you that the way you do your dry eye institute is so unique and different from the way other things are done Um, I remember you telling me that you ask the offices that are participating in your course to even see the blueprints of their spaces so you can better understand patient flow and where things you know Go and make sense. And so I thought, who better to talk to the challenges of implementation or the barriers of the doctors, you know, that are, you know, working every day trying to solve the mystery of dry eye than you? So I'm really excited to hear some of the biggest barriers that you have heard, um, you know, as you're going through Dry Eye Institute with the doctors that you're helping to educate and share your passion with.
3: Gosh, we can create a long list of barriers. Um, But what's so amazing about that is when you've figured out the way to do it and do it well and fit it in, you look back at those barriers and say, they were unnecessary barriers. You know, they were things that were just challenges that we needed to think through, but they're not barriers. And so often when you're starting out, that's the only way you can see them. You see them as a brick wall when that's not what it is. But the number one would be time. Doctors feel like it takes too much time, too much chair time, too much handholding. So that's another kind of division of the chair time is, all right, sometimes these patients are high maintenance and they need more coaching and more, um, more of that handholding. Uh, the other thing is equipment and then not just equipment on what capital does the practice put up, but coming down to money there is a, a doubt or a fear in the doctor's mind that if they go and they invest in the practice and in that equipment, will the patient pay for it? And so I see them all the time at the table saying, oh, you know, I got this and that, but the patients just won't pay for it. My patients won't pay for it. And I that just never even occurs to me, but it's because I present it differently. You know, and, and looking back, When you get in that situation where you're saying the patient won't pay for it, usually you find yourself feeling like a salesperson and you're doing a pitch. And I never feel that way anymore because that is not what I do. I use that software. I use the 5M and I show them their story and I walk them through so they fully understand the why behind what I'm asking them to do. And I am simply the messenger, nothing more. And I I feel good about that. I never feel like I'm pressuring somebody or trying to sell them something ever. But yet our conversion rate is over 90 percent. I mean, it is it is a shock if I bring somebody up front and somebody says, no, I'm not going to do that. But it's because I spent the time on that patient education um, and giving them a reason behind what I'm asking them to do. So that's just one example. We go back to that first obstacle of time. You know, it's really about things like the blueprint. You know, we're not going to tear down walls, but let's look at our, at our practice with a different set of eyes. And what does the patient experience when they walk in the door? What's the technician experiencing? Are they having to run all around the office to do what you ask them to do? Or are we making it easier on them? And are we putting these folks in a time slot where it's OK if we run over just a little bit? So one simple tip I, that's worked very well for me that I tell doctors starting out is have them back for their dry eye eval, but do it the last one before lunch and the last one before the end of the day. And it takes all that pressure off the doctor. The staff is not upset with you because you're taking too long. So just little things like that. We're looking back and like, no, that's not a barrier. It's just something we needed to think through and have someone help us with.
0: I absolutely do that. That is what I do. I take I take my patient. It's my last one before lunch for any procedures or anything that I think is I'm going to run over. I'll run over into my lunch, which is fine. And then I do the last patient of the day. Great, yeah, that's great oh, advice. I am
1: going to just say, don't you get pushback from your staff on the last patient of the day? <laughs> Everyone's ready to go home. I'm just. Kidding.
0: Oh, <laughs> I don't because if I'm like. You know, there's still wiggle room on time before we actually close the office, so it's not a huge deal. I'm sure if it was like, it might be a big deal at some offices. But sometimes I'll just say if I'm if I'm running late with a patient, I'll say you guys can go and we'll just like, you know, finish it up tomorrow, like in terms of like chart notes or whatever. Um, But yeah, that's like that's really good advice. Well, and the other thing it helps with was let's
3: say that you're using something like the five M and it's in your workup room because you want to use it to screen every patient, but yet now you've got a dry eye eval. Well, if it's in the middle of, of the morning schedule, you've just held up the routine flow that's coming in behind
0: them. So the staff usually is on board because it helps them. That's a good point. I, I have like a lot of questions for you. So you have like an interesting background in that you had your own practice, um, for how many years, what did you have the first practice? I graduated in 2000, which seems really so long ago now, but
3: I was in a referral center for two years and then basically went out on my own. And I've been out on my own ever since. And you can't imagine it another way. But with that being said, along the way, for different reasons, I have experienced multiple um, modes of practice. And I'll give you just a a little example. Uh, I was going into a building and the contractors went out of business for six months. And so I was doing a side by side for six months. I, when my non-compete, I worked at Camp Lejeune, you know, I filled in at a commercial practice, all these different things. And what I think is, was such a blessing. um, I see it now is that when I'm doing dry eye Institute, it's not just for private practices it can be and I mean, dry eye is in all practices, but we each have our different restraints on how many minutes we can devote and how much equipment we have to offer them as far as resources. So me having this, these little um, opportunities throughout the last 22 years has helped me when I'm sitting at the table with the doctors to say, Oh no, we can do it there too. We just need to think about this and this and this.
0: Yeah, that's a good point. Can I ask how you see so I you would talk about having all these doctors referring to you and all this growth that you're having. How did you get these doctors to refer to you and you're already very busy? How do you add? Cause it's just you right. And your are in your practice now. So I'm just thinking about that as I, as my practice is bigger and and I'm very I'm busy. How do I add more of me <laughs> to my practice? you don't have an answer for that. But but this is
3: what I can tell you of how we've dealt with the challenges. So we're booked out three months. However, um, I think one of the reasons we had so much growth this year is I have a bulldog up front now. And we know we're booked out three months, there better not be ever a spot that goes unused. So when somebody cancels the day before the day of she is working that cancellation list. And that's made a huge difference of kind of creating more of me, right? Because otherwise we would have had a little break in the schedule, but it would have been somebody else that's still piled up three months from now waiting to get in. So I would say that's one way to help quite a bit. And then the other way is just looking at your efficiencies and your flow. And that's something that we've done multiple times. And of course, when staff changes, that changes, right? But there's ways where, all right, could we squeeze one more patient in every single day by changing the order of things or changing somebody's role. Um, And I think that helps not only with more of you, but more peace of mind in your day and not feeling like you're, you're
0: being pulled in 15 directions. Are you actively seeking these referrals? Like how are you getting referrals to your office?
3: The main thing was that I was just looking at outcomes That's it, and and I looked up and I had all these referrals, and I said, well, how did this happen? Um, We had done one piece of outreach, and it was a marketing kit that we put together, and I sent. I was gone for the whole month of September, lecture and overseas, and I sent my two staff members with a, a PowerPoint, and it was basically, here's what blepharitis is. Here's a video of me doing. Leftx. Here's MGD. Here's a video of me doing LibaFlow. And we called and we said, "Hey, we just want to talk to your staff. We know that they're the ones that are going to get the questions. The doctor doesn't even have to be present." And we made like two or three appointments every single day for about three weeks. And they went over lunch. Um, and then when I got back, I had an open house and I had 26 doctors show up. And I told them all my secrets. So when they come to my house, <laughs> I, I didn't hide anything. And I did all of these things on them. I said, Hey, does anybody want to look flow? Do you want this? Do you want that? And, and this was years ago, right? This was 2016. We've never done anything else since, to be honest. Um, I, I do a I I sponsor some airtime on a local Christian radio station. The listeners are very loyal to that. Um, so they hear my voice here and there. We get some folks from that, but that's it. We don't advertise, but one thing I'll say is that from the very beginning, I was incredibly adamant about who did this patient come from? And everybody in the office knows it. And on my EMR, it would say referred by Dr. So-and-so, do not ever book a routine exam or sell them glasses. And we, so we stood by that hard, fast rule. And in the marketing kit, there was a basically an Rx pad that said, check off what you want me to do and when you want them back. And it created this safe place. When I sent them the marketing kit, it wasn't about me. It was about my equipment and my investment into this this thing, this dry eye. But there was also a very strong tone of, I am here to serve you. I'm not here to take your patient. You tell me what you want and I'll do it and send them right back. And so for the first several years, every patient that came in almost verbatim, they would sit in that chair and say, my doctor referred me to you because you have the equipment for this. And what's funny is now I never hear that. But back then it was their justification of saying, well, why do I send to somebody else with my degree? Or I had 16 of those referring doctors were ophthalmologists. They're the ones that feed me the most. Um, But it's originally because I had the equipment for it. Now I never hear that because I've proven the expertise behind it. Um, And I'm going to tell you one other thing that we started doing that really boosted our referrals We used to be a bit hit or miss on getting that crystal tear report from the 5M back to the referring doctors. We never do one without sending it back now. That's one thing. The other thing is I wrote a book. It's 132 pages. It's a patient education book. And it's about um, the lifestyle stuff, perspective, outlook, diet, sleep, stress, anxiety, anxiety, Um, and then it goes into all my good, better, best options. So you've got an oil problem, here's your good, better, best. And then there's a data section of anything that's in my exam room, there's data behind it. And here it is in this book if you want to read it. Well, we started giving that out to every single dry eye eval patient. And all of a sudden, our referrals started going through the roof. And I think they were going back to that doctor that sent them just Raving and probably wouldn't shut up about it. (laughs) And so then that doctor now is sending us more referrals. But those are the two big things that we change, along with making sure there's never an empty spot that we work that cancellation list.
1: Okay. So clearly we have a little bit of other things to talk about. You have unlimited time, it appears, that you also have written a book, and we missed that in the bio.
3: But it's it's just for my patients. Yeah, um, I love it. When I when I first gave it out, I was like, "Now listen, if you're not going to read it, you bring it's it back to me, okay?" Did you say 123 pages? 132 pages. Oh, I'm backwards.
1: Yeah. Um, so that's impressive. And then, but do you have like different versions, or
3: have you had to update it, or I don't know what year it's copyrighted? But then, yes, we're constantly updating it because I'll order you know 100 at a time. And at first I was I was like, oh, are you going to read it or not? And and then give it back to me if you're not. Now I have gotten so much empowerment and so much personal gratification and fulfillment by giving this to them that I am happy to and give it. Talk about save yourself one. chair time. My gosh, oh, just be God. like, here's
1: the book, read it. And yeah. every answer you want coming right from me is right here for it. I love
3: it. So get this, Leslie. It's not, even, not just about chair time, but it puts ownership on them. They are no longer looking at me for this easy button of, well, I'm not feeling better or why did I have a bad week last week or this or that. They're coming to me apologizing, going, yeah, I'm having a little off week, but it was Thanksgiving. I ate all this stuff. And they're, They're sharing ownership and they realize that there's some things I can do to help them, but they've got to help themselves too. And that if they're not looking at this a little bit more holistically, that there will be a limit on how good we can make things. We can make it better, but we won't get all the way without them looking at their body as a whole. And I tell them, you know, if your body's inflamed, your eyes are inflamed. I I can't stop that. So we've got to look at the whole body. But I love it.
1: Um, so I found because actually I'm a little bit skewed that I have more ODs than MDs that have sent to me over the years. But um, I find that you know maybe doctors at first are leery about sending you out, and like and like you said, they have to have like a reason that they're telling the patient. But um, what what other patients say to me is, I'm so glad my doctor told me about you, and they actually really um, you know they gain faith in the doctor that sent them to me for a dry eye evaluation, I'm sure
3: you feel the same way there. Absolutely. And, and we're careful with that, right? Just like you, Leslie. I mean, when I say we, I mean, you and me and all of us, if somebody refers to me, I'm going to build them up. I'm never going to make it sound like anything they did was wrong. Uh, even if, if they come in and there's a plug in there and they've got the nastiest tear film I've ever seen, I'm just going to say, well, you know, it was the right thing at the time, but it's not right right now. I'm just going to take that out and we'll put it back in later. <laughs> so whatever it is, building them up. But yet, you know, helping the patient understand the why behind it so that if there is any conflicting information from one doctor to the other, they're going to they're going to usually follow my instructions instead. I do want to just I I like what you
1: do with this crystal tea report. So will you print it out for both your patient and then also so, Jackie, I don't think that you have the KM. I
0: don't, I know we've talked a lot about it on here. I have, I have a top con, no, my I'm gonna tell you that I It's
1: literally the most exciting thing I've gotten in a long time. Um, I've had it for a year and this crystal tear report is, you know, when you talk to Dr. Brimer, now you realize why it's so amazing. <laughs> um, <laughs> but it's, you know, just the way that the photos are captured and I actually don't even look at it before I'm, before I'm there with the patient. So they see me grading it in front of them and we t- Kind of talk through the whole process, but then at the end it gives this really cool summary um, that explains you know their disease, and even you can customize your own recommendations, and it all prints out beautifully. Um, So you you are sending that back to the referring doc as well as giving
3: it to the patient. Absolutely. Yep. And we've at first we were uh, not adamant about making sure they left the office with it. And now we are. And you know, Leslie, the challenge is how long it takes to grade it. So you're doing it a wonderful way where you're grading it in front of them. So it's part of your patient education piece. Here's what we do. I collect what I need. I put it in my EMR, which is very detailed. I designed it so that I could grade every little thing like telangiectasia blah, blah, blah. And then I, I ring the bell and my assistant, she knows, okay, she's done with her side. She goes into the EMR and pulls up the 5M software on another computer and she grades it for me while I'm talking to the patient. But she's grading it using what I've already documented in the EMR. Okay. Um, And and I will say this, I'm not concerned if it's off a little bit, who cares? You know, even if it's, if it says moderate instead of severe or vice versa, it's a tool. What I care about is the patient understanding the why behind what I'm asking them to do. And what I love, you mentioned the report. I love putting the collage picture up there so I can tell them their story. Because when I walk in, you know, I set the stage and say, all right, today is, I guarantee you today's gonna to be different. <laughs> I care about your your symptoms, but what I care about is what's causing them. And we're gonna find out, is there enough water, oil, allergy, inflammation, bacteria, lid function, something systemic, something environmental. We're gonna pair, whatever's positive, we're gonna pair a treatment with it that I know works. So then when I pull the collage up, I'm able to tell them their story and say, all right, we're good on water, but look at this lid margin. Look at how thick and, and scalloped and inflamed it is. Blah, 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 blah. And then I say, All right, so prioritizing our problems, our number one problem is inflammation and oil. Number two is this. Number three is this. So for oil, here's our good, better, best option. And then we decide together. And I, so at the beginning, I tell them that I say, We're going to look at all the categories, figure out what's wrong, pair it with the treatment. But we're going to decide together because everybody's got a different goal. You might want it fast. You might want it easy. You might want it. Um, cheap. You might want it natural. I can do any of that, but I can't do them all. (laughs) And the last thing I'll tell you is it's all going to be written down. You don't have to remember anything. And I'll tell you, that's made a huge difference in setting the tone because they don't want to feel like they're going to be sold something. And if I tell them, I'm going to explain it all to you, we're going to decide together and it's going to be written down. Those three key points will do wonders for your uptake and your conversion with that patient because it puts their mind at ease from the beginning.
2: Support for To The Point comes from Bausch & Lomb.
1: Beautiful and healthy looking eyes? It shouldn't be a compromise. Lumify Eye Illuminations, developed by the experts of Bausch & Lomb exclusively for the sensitive eye area to cleanse, nourish, and brighten. Lumify Eye Illuminations, only in the eye
0: care aisle. Can I ask you what you have in your good, better, best columns for like a meibomian gland dysfunction patient? Yes. So
3: <laughs> I, if I say, all right, you've got an oil problem, good, better, best. Good is going to be everything in that book when it comes to the lifestyle. We've got to reduce the inflammation because we've got to thin out the oil and get it moving. Now, I'm also going to put good in there um, my Tranquilize XL mask. I need a mask that is going to be 15 minutes, 104 to 110 degrees, and moist heat. And this one does it. Better, the new lids. And because it's going to massage that lid margin and help motivate those glands. And then best is going to be lipiflow. I want to be able to heat it internally and then compress. And I show them with my hands. I say, all right, it's heating the underside. It's compressing on top and basically drawing a line in the sand where it evacuates those glands. Now, if the patient has inflammation, you know, I tell them a lot of times if we treat that inflammation first, we may not need to go to an in-office procedure for that. We may be fine just managing it at home. Um, and that puts their mind at ease too, because they feel like I'm on their side on trying to save them money on procedures if I can. And so knowing what order to do what in, that if I treat the inflammation first, maybe we can get away without a lipoflow
0: I think that's a good point about, um, you were talking about a barrier, like will the patient pay for you know whatever procedure I'm recommending? And I have found that once, the, and when I've talked to other doctors who are starting dry eye clinics, that if you believe in the technology that you're actually recommending to a patient, it is. I feel like that doesn't even come into play whether or not you're worried about the cost with it because you know it works and you've seen good outcomes with it. So I I feel like um, it's maybe one of the barriers is will they pay for it, but also does the doctor actually believe that the you know, lipoflow or the IPL will actually help. I think that's also that's part of it. So
3: true. One of the big things we cover at Dry Eye Institute, everybody wants to know what should I buy? And I give them these four guidelines and I say, no matter what it is you're looking at, if you will go through these four and score them, you'll know what the right decision is. And number one, first and foremost, nothing else compares to it is efficacy. If this thing works, you will pay for it because people will do it. And it comes down to what you said of your tone is going to be different. Your conviction's going to be different. And then you're just telling the patient what's best for them. And it's, uh, my patients don't say no. They might say not right now, but they don't really say no. And that's how I interpret it, you know, is, is okay, not right now. But first and foremost, efficacy. Number two is going to be the patient experience. Did it seem like it was worth what you charged them for? Did it seem like it was big enough, right? Um, Number three is going to be the business model over three years. So not just what am I writing a check for up front, but what are my applicator costs what's my my retail cost? That it, what's the average retail for that procedure? And really playing it out over three years to see how expensive is something. Because a lot of people are too caught up in the purchase price. And that is not what this is about ever. Um, and then fourth, the people behind the company, because you want them standing behind you um,
0: to support you. Can you talk a little bit I know we're gonna wrap up kind of soon here, but I do I do wanna hear a little bit more about the Dry Institute for any of our listeners that are interested in maybe doing that for their for themselves or for their office, because you do you have both a module for doctors and a module for office staff. Can you talk a little bit about that?
3: Yes. So what makes it so different, it is it's not for the masses, you know, it is a very small program. We used to cut it off at five. I went up to 10, and and this last one I did 13, uh, but I realized, all right, 10 is a beautiful number because it's so detailed for each office. And these groups, they come out like they're college roommates or something. There's a bond that, that lasts that's pretty amazing to see. But the way that it starts. They fill out this long survey beforehand so I know about the practice. I know square footage, how many exam rooms, how many workup rooms, how many technicians, what's their buy-in, what do they sell, what are their obstacles, what are their challenges, what do you want to get out of this? And then I tailor the entire thing around those people who are coming. And I I know as much as I can about them and what their passions are professionally. Um, and then we sit down and basically we we develop an if this than that protocol. So they have a very firm foundation clinically where they know what they're looking at and they know what it equates to and then what treatments to pair it with. But we go much further than that, because we've got to have the logistics of the office working well. So we go through patient education and verbiage and scripting and what to say. And we go through staff training and getting them bought into your mission and your goal. And then we go through billing and coding, and there's sample HICFA forms on every single dry eye procedure or code that you would need. And then we go through marketing. I have the actual forms for them. So like my 12th edition of the dry eye questionnaire and the dry eye treatment education and all these different forms, all your, your liability forms and things like that. Um, and then all of this is on a USB where they can tweak it and print it out and use it on Monday. We then go through lots of hands-on everything I have, even down to like, what's my favorite Debrider and expressor, all the way up to IPL and and Oxervate and Procara and putting these on live patients, Um, we do a live dry eye eval where the patient's referred in. I have no idea who they are, what's going to happen, and they see what I see, how I interpret it, what treatments I pair with them, and then how I explain it to the patient, and then the patient's buy-in. And doctors always say that that's one of the, the most impactful things that happens, um, it is two days now instead of one day and there are no bathroom breaks. It's not a negative. <laughs> it's it's a good thing. I mean, you can get up and go when you need to, but my point is there's no fluff. You know, it is very intense. And I we do we go from about five o'clock to ten o'clock Thursday night, and then Friday morning we start about eight forty-five and we go till we're done. And so it's up to them. We've, I try to get finished about five 30. We've gone over three hours before, <laughs> but that is my commitment to them is I'm not done till you're done. And you have got all of me. Um, they get discounts and a lot of these discounts, well, are either for the life of the account. If it's something like IEco where you're buying over and over again, or if it's a device, you're getting several thousand dollars off the device. So it, it the package is not even talking about discounts, just talking about free stuff is about $5,000 of just free stuff to start using that day. And I tell the vendors, I say, listen, they, I don't want them doing trial and error, right? That's, that's what this is for is so that you don't have to do that, but I need them to develop their own testimonial. So they, I want them to, to have this stuff in their hands the same night where they can lay it out in the living room and touch it and feel it and experience it for themselves. And then I want I want more coming where they can put it in patients' hands and write down their name and get their feedback because I'm giving you the scripting to say, but you've got to develop your own belief in it. And so I want to eliminate the trial and error, but I want to have everything at their fingertips so that it creates their own story. Um, So they have the free stuff, but then they have the discounts moving forward and just really high-level contacts. I've got a little black book in there that's basically the owners of these companies or the owner's kid or somebody really important that will walk alongside them um, to just help them grow and and be better and do better. And then the last thing I'll say is they all have my cell number (laughs) and it's awesome. I love it. But every day, like today, I got probably three different texts from dry eye Institute people. And one was like, Hey, do you, You know, do you sell PRN or you get it from them? You just, just little things. And, um, one's IPL or one's this and that, and they have access to me and I tell them just make it short and sweet. And I'm going to reply short and sweet too, (laughs) but I'm, I'm willing to walk alongside them. This is not a once and done thing. This is about them growing and becoming and fulfilled and, um, just doing something they never even imagined possible. That's the level I want them to be at. And it's so much fun seeing them do that. And I am going to tell you one more thing and then I'll shut up. Um, somebody, we were on a call and somebody said, Oh my gosh, this is your icky guy. And I'm like, I don't know what you're talking about. And I thought he said, it's what wakes you up at night. And I thought, yeah, it does. It wakes me up at night. (laughs) But what he meant was it's why you wake up in the morning. And it's this uh, Japanese term and there's four circles. It's what you love, what you're good at, what the world needs and what you can get paid for. And when those all collide, and you have, you've met each one of those circles, it's pretty amazing. And for me to be able to give these outcomes to the patients and invest in them and know that I'm gonna get the outcomes. You know, when we talk about obstacles, one of the obstacles is people don't like to do dry eye because people keep complaining and they're not fixing them. But when you don't have that over you and you actually are fixing them and you're changing their lives, that part's amazing. But then to also be able to invest in doctors. And like I said, I know what it's like to be burned out and to be able to help them see their their practice and um, their their mourning in a different way is is pretty fulfilling for me. Um, And so I want to share that. On a closing note, how many graduates do you have from Dry
1: Eye Institute? I'm sure you know. I'll just talk all night, won't I? I'm sorry. Uh, no, no, many, many <laughs> graduates. Do you know how many? Do you know how many? I'm calling them graduates. I don't know what you call them. No, they are. I
3: call them alumni. Okay. We've been doing it since 18, and we do at least six live retreats. Uh, we were, I don't know, there's a couple hundred. Yeah. I feel like you've
1: created, like, their own little network, too. Like you said, how there's, like, this um – relationship that they get just from being in that close knit. And um we, you take down the also the barrier of like the fear of doing or being wrong. And then they have that comfort zone. And I'm sure that they, you know, are texting you, but they probably have also been texting each other, which is really cool to, to think about.
3: Yeah. And that's one of my goals this year is to create a um, kind of a, a closed group where they have resources online with each other and they can post things and just a learning platform afterwards. And now we do them virtually with individual offices. So it doesn't have to be one doctor coming to a retreat. It can be an office. And I've done them with 30 different staff members and four or five doctors there where we tailor it to that office and we schedule it according to to their convenience. Um, but yeah, it's It's pretty awesome.
0: This is great. I mean, I feel like we we could talk probably a whole lot longer about this. I feel like I have a lot of more detailed questions about how you run your office. So, I like really appreciate you coming on and talking about it. It's you're you're famous. You are the crystal from the crystal tier report. I mean, this is amazing. Thank you for sharing all of your um, expertise and knowledge with us and. Where can people find information about the Dry Eye Institute if they want to sign up or, or have interest? The website is
3: dryeye.institute. So there's no com. It's just institute. And if you want to contact me, if you click contact us, it goes straight to me.
0: Well, thank you again, Crystal. It's great chatting with you. Thanks for taking the time yeah, today. Thank
3: you, guys. It's so much fun. I appreciate you having me.
2: And now for the To The Point Wrap Up. When embracing dry eye treatment and management, it's not always as simple as just acquiring new technology. Implementation is key to your success. Dr. Brimer reminds us that she has a great resource for those interested in maximizing their dry eye return on investment and increasing their patient satisfaction and practice revenue with her Dry Eye Institute. We also are reminded what amazing technology is available from some of the leading experts like Dr. Brimer. The Crystal Tear Report is a great tool that you can utilize through the Oculus Keratograph 5M to really enhance the dry eye experience for your patients while gathering invaluable data that really helps make your diagnosis so much easier. And then when you're presenting the treatment options to the patient, take the advice of an expert. Give your patient a good, better, best option, and you'll be surprised with what conversions to your best treatment look like.